Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Ridge Community Church Podcast. If you find today's conversation hopeful and helpful, then be sure to follow or subscribe and then rate and review this podcast so that more people can benefit from the conversations. Today, we have a conversation for you about depression that I had with Mike Schockner, who's a licensed professional counselor. We talk about how you can identify and work through depression, how to know when it's time to see a counselor, and how Mike thinks through depression as a follower of Jesus. Now, I was having some microphone problems during this one, so I apologize in advance if the audio is not up to our usual quality. But this is my conversation with Mike. Hey, everybody. Uh, I've got an interview today with Mike Schockner. Mike, Mike, did I say that right? Mike Schockner? Yes, you did. Okay, sweet. Um, Mike, would you just uh, share a little bit about yourself and and what you do? Yeah. So thanks, John. I'm a mental health and substance abuse counselor. I uh, work in private practice as well as a substance abuse clinic in uh, downtown Milwaukee. How would you, so our topic today is talking about depression Mm -hmm. um, and how it can affect us, maybe some things that that you can like enlighten us on, maybe some misconceptions, things like that. And so, Mm -hmm. so maybe you just start off by telling us, you know, how would you define depression um, or describe it? Mm -hmm. Well, I just think, I think it it can be a term that's maybe used in society a lot. It makes me so depressed. I think there's a, a difference between that and clinical depression. Uh, it all kind of depends what kind of terms you want to use, but as far as like diagnostic terms, um, really just like to label it as something that's inability to like experience joy um, despite what's going on. Uh, maybe even some joyful things in your life that are going on. Uh, maybe that's only fleeting. And uh, I even when I I, I kind of even hesitate a little bit saying that a label is that it's it is, it's, it is a label, you know, it's unfortunately, um, we in the medical profession, we need to have a label, a, a diagnostic code for, for insurance purposes. And it's, uh, the, the manual that we use, it is, it's, it's all based on, okay, do you meet these certain criteria? Um, and so even, uh, depression can look differently for, for different people. Um, it, so I think the putting in a label can, can it can maybe help to see what's kind of going on yeah but it can also even um keep people in a stigma of like oh i meet these certain criteria this is just who i am now yeah so like like so if you would mind like you talk about like a little bit of stigma there Mm -hmm. um and almost like the self-fulfilling nature of that mm-hmm. label mm-hmm. um is that something that you've experienced what is like in people that you've been working with and things like that yeah i think uh i think we're getting better as a society uh with being able to seek help but i think that there is still is that that stigma especially i, I believe with with men uh, especially i think it's the american way right we we pull up our bootstraps we work harder um we never surrender uh, right. It's just, it's all about trying to do it in your own strength or something like this. It's, um, I like the analogy that 
what, what or the example, what's actually going to be show more courage, right? Is it easier to uh, really just stuff it, right? That's a common thing with men do, they just yeah. stuff it. I'm, you know, maybe show it in anger. Yes, I think depression in, in men comes across as anger a lot of times too. Uh, but just that, are we just, uh, that vulnerability piece, all right? Are we, are we showing that courage and being vulnerable and sharing about it, all right? Or are we just going to stuff it, right? What actually takes more courage, right? And it's getting out of our comfort zone and be like, hey, I can't, I'm going through something, I can't do it on my own, right? And I think that's a, that's a huge step for people. I think that's often overlooked uh, just, just in our culture, really. Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard to, um, for people to come out and share that? Mm -hmm. I think, I think wanting to appear weak, the fear of that, uh, the fear of rejection from people. Uh, We're just, we're designed to, to, for community and to have that, that acceptance of other people. But when that's the driving force, right, that can really dictate what we do with that. Are we, yeah. if we're afraid of that rejection, are we, is that going to prevent us from, from seeking help? Yeah. I mean, you brought up the, the kind of different ways that depression can manifest, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it looks different for different people. Do they, do you guys like qualify certain types of depression? Do you, mm-hmm. um, is there different types and, and things like mm-hmm. that as you looking to figure out how can you best help someone? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, and this kind of goes a little bit back to uh, diagnostically, but there's, I think of certain different types of situational, maybe it's like a postpartum depression after a pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, that's one type. Uh, I think it, the term isn't used anymore, like manic depressive. That's more like bipolar, having those different stages of uh, depressive stage and then a manic stage. Um, so those are a couple different types. Um, I think it's more, I guess, for my own personal approach, I, I really don't like labels yeah. <laughs> right? because it's, it, it puts pers- a person in a box. You know, it's, I really like the approach of, okay, what, what are you experiencing, right? How can, how can I just bring in an outside perspective that's, uh, that's not going to just try to fix you? <laughs> I think right. that's the approach from society too, is that yeah. we can't just even listen, right? Yeah. We just, without hey, have you tried this? Have you done this? Uh, that, that mentality of fixing where we can't just, I think it's a lost art really. <laughs> just that, yeah. that active listening. Oh man, I know I'm guilty of that. Like you hear, yeah. you hear someone going through, them, through something and your immediate reaction mm-hmm. is, oh, I know I have just the right answer for you. It's going to mm-hmm. fix all your problems. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Does it ever? <laughs> yeah, you're right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, how, so if we, if we brought out to really anybody that's experiencing those symptoms of just an inability to experience joy. How, how common is that for people? Well, I just think, especially in this season we're in now, I think just the, the increase of that, right. There's with, uh, with what's going on in our world, right. And just, uh, the, the impact that COVID's had on job loss. Um, I, so you see a lot more people, even with like marital stress, because they're at home all day together now, <laughs> maybe yeah. with work. Um, so I think a lot of people, I believe is that that battle is with our thoughts, right? I think 
that all of us at some point have to battle some, some negative self-talk, some negative thoughts. Uh, and I think it's that, okay, what do we do with those? I think so. as far as a, a stat, I'm not sure what's, what's the latest uh, with how common it is, but I think it's that, I think we really, a lot of us deal with that, that those negative thoughts, maybe we, if we mess up on something, how do we deal with that? Do we run with that thought and have it turn into, yeah, you're going to make that mistake again, right? Or you always make those mistakes, right? And then you are a mistake, right? How, right. That progression, that, that really can fuel depression, really. Yeah. Right, that hopelessness, that worthlessness, like, oh, I always make mistakes. This is just who I am. Look at all these people I've hurt. I, I'm just a, am I even a person of value? Because I just keep hurting all these people around me. What have you found have been some help, uh, helpful thought processes for people that are going through that? Like mm -hmm. um, maybe even for some that are, are doing it well and have a healthy um, reaction with those negative thoughts versus those that um, maybe haven't developed those patterns yet to be healthy. Mm -hmm. I think so much of it is that awareness. I think with depression, it can be, we start to believe all that negative self-talk, right? If it's, oh, I'm never, maybe we learn it. You know, it was really as a childhood, a lot of times, right? We, we try to get those, the people's approval. Maybe it's our parents and we never get that, that validation from them. Uh, we're always striving to get someone's approval and affection and it's never quite enough, right? So we, we keep trying and trying and we, we grow up with that, that notion that, you know what, I'm not good enough because I keep trying to get to, to make it and I'm, I'm never quite good enough because I never get that feedback that I am. So I think even just that awareness and start to challenge some of those thoughts, right? Because like, okay, if I am a person of value, right? Because I believe we all are created in the image of God. We all do have value, whether wherever a person's at on their faith journey, we all have intrinsic value. So, okay, either that's true or that's false, right? And I believe that's true. So how can we, with that, those thought processes, right? If, if anything goes against that, we have to label that, no, that's a lie, right? And so much of depression especially you can just keep believing lies about yourself right because you can't have the same thought that i'm of value and i'm i'm not enough at the same time right one you're gonna believe <laughs> right? right so like we need to just kind of start challenging some of those thoughts and and seeing wow maybe the way i've been thinking about myself is is a lie that that i do actually have value and the way i've been talking about myself Right. I think a lot of the times that the way we, especially a person going through depression, the way they speak about themselves, they never speak that way to, to someone else. Right. Some of the nasty things we say about ourselves, we would never say that to someone else. Right. To, so to start challenging some of those thoughts and that building that awareness, I think that's a, a huge step. So, what are some of the ways, can you use a little bit, what are some of the ways that Maybe someone who's in this cycle of pat, uh, thought patterns or mm -hmm. um, if we're going to use the, the label depression, what are some ways that that might affect someone's life or you've seen it affect someone's life as they come in and they chat with you? Mm -hmm. Well, the nature of it, it, it starts to affect 
every aspect of their life, right? Because I, I think that when we, when we start to think negatively about ourselves, and we don't see our value as we should, it can be more difficult to see the value of other people around us because we get so self-absorbed, right, of what I'm going through, right? This is the way I'm feeling, right? Uh, I think that, um, and then it can just go into all our relationships, right? Because if we're not not seeing seeing ourselves the way we were designed, we it's just other people it has it have a difficult time uh, trying to see that too. Uh, I just think that. I don't know, John, I'm just trying to think of how to put this into, into perspective here a little bit. Yeah. Um, Cause I think if, if you're not feeling good about yourself and, and you're always in the pit, right. Yeah. And where it can be really tough for someone else to try to get us out of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think of that. Uh, there's an analogy of like, instead of like sympathy, is a per when you're in a pit, someone on, on the top saying, Hey, how's it going down there? <laughs> Why don't you get out? You know, instead of the empathy piece, we're like someone going down in the pit with you and like, Hey, I know it's, I know it's uh, dark down here. I know you're going through something, but how can I just come alongside you? Yeah. You know, so I think just that value of it, trying to meet people where they're at, there's, there's just a lot of value in that. Yeah. You know, Mike, there's some people watching this right now that they're, they're watching and immediately they know that this is them. You know, they know that they're in this place and they're feeling this, in this place. Um, and for others, um, they might not know. They may hear this and not know if this is them. Um, or they may think that this might, you know, um, looks like someone that they care about, someone that they love. They're not sure what would be some things to, to look for, some things mm -hmm. to maybe ask yourself if you might be struggling with this, like um, what would be some signs? Mm -hmm. Well, I think some of it is that, am I, am I just not feeling like myself? Are there maybe things that I used to like to do that I just don't want to do anymore? Am I maybe having tough times with stuff that seemingly simple day to day things, getting out of bed in the morning, All right? Brushing my teeth. Um, feeling any motivation, like loss of motivation can be a big one. I think just being okay with, hey, I can need to reach out to somebody. Mm. I think just that it's a big step. I think it's often overlooked, but it, hey, I'm just, I'm just struggling, right? Yeah. And just, and, and be able to come to a place of not feeling judgment with that. Yeah. At what, at what point would you advise someone, um, to seek, you know, maybe professional counseling? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that it's just, it can be helpful for anyone really going through counseling. I don't think it needs to be, we need to wait till we go get to a crisis. I think just yeah. to be able to have that, that objective perspective from someone else that's not in the midst of the situation can be really helpful for really anyone. Um, so I don't, I think sooner than later, I don't think it needs to come to a place again, where you're, you just, I'm in a place where I feel so helpless that I just don't know where to turn. Yeah. And I think that's 
that's a lot of times the the clients that I see, it comes to that place who they have, they don't know where else to turn. Yeah. And, um, and that's where they're seeking help and that's fine too. But I think that if you're experiencing some of these things and I, and you, and you can't do it and you're, you're trying to do these actions and you're, and you're not seeing any results. Right. I think it's, it can be a good thing to, to reach out for some outside help. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good. It's almost like a, a preventative mm-hmm. um, care. You know, we mm-hmm. uh, talk about when it's, when it's physical health, no one has a problem with the concept of, Oh, if you, you eat healthy and you know, you'll be, you'll be healthy um, mm-hmm. or at least pursuing health. Right. When it comes to mental health, the preventative mm-hmm. maintenance becomes a little bit different right. um, in terms of perception. So that's really good. Right. I think I wonder if you could go, go ahead, John, go ahead. Well, I wonder if, if you could help with some of that perception, because I'm sure Mm -hmm. people are, have this mindset of what they think going to a counselor Mm -hmm. um, or a therapist or, um, or I suppose even a a psychiatrist. And um, they have this thought of what that looks like. um, And it might not be accurate. In fact, I would, I would guess it's not. Could you Mm -hmm. maybe uh, share about what, the misconceptions might be about that or maybe alleviate some concerns? Mm-hmm. Well, I think just for me personally, I really try to approach it as a teamwork aspect. Again, is that how can I bring that outside perspective? How can I meet you where you're at? And let's work through this thing. I really just try like, I think the approach, it, it can be so just casual, right? It can, it can be in a setting where it's, if you're not in a comfortable setting, is you're not going to be wanting to get vulnerable with this person and share really what's going on. I think that's a, a misconception that, oh, they're just going to be trying to analyze me and, uh, right. They just, they just going to label me with a diagnosis and they're going to throw medication at me. Right. And, uh, some of the, like, as I think of the medication piece, uh, I think there's even some stigma around that. Like, I don't want to get on medication. I, I've heard some analogy of, well, if you had diabetes or something, would you not take uh, medication for that right and and i think of okay if there are there's a chemical imbalance why not try medication i don't i don't personally think it should be the first the first thing at it first uh first option but it can help to turn down the value the the volume on some of these symptoms that people may express maybe it's just maybe it's something just to help them Right. Yeah. Uh, I just, I can, I can start my day. I can start to think clear. I think that's uh, that can be some, some hindrances for some people, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't maybe even need to be something like a medication that you're on for the rest of your life. Maybe it's just a season to like, okay, until I can build some of these skills till I can start to gain this awareness of my thoughts a little bit more and how maybe destructive those are. Yeah. So I can start to work on those. Yeah. That's really good. You mentioned starting to work on some of those, those mm-hmm. things, work on some of the things that you're going with. Um, and I think like we talked about, you know, professional counseling is incredibly valuable doing that. Um, if someone's not at that step yet, if they're not um, in a place where they're quite comfortable there, um, mm-hmm. what are some things that they could do in the meantime? Some mm-hmm. preventative maintenance things with their, mm-hmm. with their mental health to put themselves in a, maybe a better position as they're trying to prevent or, uh, struggle through depression. Yeah. I think one of the things that really comes to mind, and there are studies that actually prove this, that even when you don't feel like doing something, something that's helpful for you, 
you do it anyway. <laughs> it maybe sounds like very simple medicine, but even just that the fact of, right, I'm taking, I'm taking action. Right, I don't feel like getting out of bed today. The lie is that I'm going to feel better if I stay in bed all day. <laughs> but the people that have maybe experienced that, they actually feel worse if they stay in bed all day because they don't get anything done. Uh, so that can even just, the, the simple action of, I don't feel like I'm, I'm saying something that may be simple things, but that's kind of part of depression that yep. some of these simple things, like I don't, oh, I don't want to get ready for bed. I don't want to brush my teeth. I don't want to do these things. If the fact of, okay, recognize, I don't want to do these things, but I'm going to do them anyway. Right. It, it maybe sounds again, like a simple formula, but that, that can just start to you know I am, I'm not going to listen to these thoughts that just want to keep me yeah. stuck in this spot yeah that's really good um i want to circle back on one idea real quick um and that's the idea of of maybe a friend or a loved one mm-hmm. who um maybe you notice isn't quite themselves mm-hmm. um what are you looking for before you ask those questions what kind of questions would be helpful to ask them mm-hmm. to kind of test out um the level of the struggle that they're in Mm -hmm. i think really just coming back to that hey i care about you i I notice you're not quite yourself what's kind of going on what what you going through and just being able to listen Uh, i think that again that maybe just sounds too simple but i think we we we've lost that a little bit we we get impatient with people, especially with uh, our loved ones. We're, we're the we're the most impatient, I think, and we <laughs> we we treat our loved ones maybe um, maybe with some of the worst people right, in in our in our relationships um, when they're the people we care about the most. So I think even just being able to, hey, how can I come alongside you? I notice this is going on. Yeah, how can I help? right instead of the the fix it how can i help that's really good as uh, as follower of jesus i know you're a follower of jesus mike um mm-hmm. how should we um there's there's been a stigma in, in, mm-hmm. in christian mm-hmm. circles around uh just this whole topic of depression around thoughts around it mm-hmm. um how should we view it how what's uh at least in your perspective like what mm-hmm. what um is a healthy way to view it from a um, as a follower of Jesus, because mm-hmm. uh, I think you offer a unique perspective because you have both the the, the training as a counselor, the training as a professional in uh, mental health area, mm-hmm. but also you love Jesus. So you kind of mm-hmm. have a cool voice into that community and that that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with the, the secular world, um, there are even like really helpful techniques. Even when I'm talking about uh, even like CBT, yeah, cognitive behavioral therapy, which even it part of the concept is challenging some of those thoughts. You know, what are those automatic thoughts that we're having and challenging those, which can be really helpful. Uh, but the, the aspect with that, that, that I believe the realm of psychology is missing is that there's another layer below that. And, and that's that the spiritual part of it. Uh, the, okay, where's our identity coming from? I think that's such a huge thing. Because with 
with those thoughts that we have. I, I keep thinking of this verse as we're having this conversation. Jesus says, my sheep will know my voice and the enemy's voice, the stranger's voice, they will not listen to. Right? I think there's so much power in that, right? Because, okay, if there isn't, if we've signed up to be, all right, Jesus, you're my everything. I want to follow you. All right, we've signed up to be on team Jesus, right? Yeah. Well, we've, we've also recognized that there's an enemy then who knows our name, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus says. But he's come to bring life and bring it abundantly. Yeah. So that's the, the battle. There's the root of the battle going on. Who, who are we? Who are we? And where is our source of our identity coming from? I think so much of that, when we start to listen to those lies of the enemy, right? You're not good enough. You're never going to be good enough. See how you messed up that person's life? See, you didn't say the right thing, right? We can, we can run with that. But we need, we need to start to recognize, no, that's enemy talk. God, this is what you say about me, right? With anything in the court of law, right? Right? you like, when there's, where's the evidence, right? Where's the truth, the evidence? And that's like, all right, God, this is what you say about me. I think there's so much I've seen working with clients. I've seen so much. That's where I've seen the biggest impact and like being able to recognize that as like, okay, what? Well, let's get down to the root of this thing. Right. And I think that's, that's uh, being able to, to see growth in that. And all right, all right, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. Right. Uh, you say by your stripes, I am healed. So right? there's power in your name, right? right? That yeah. same Holy spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And, and like, are we going to start, start listening to those things? Right. The old is gone. The new has come. I'm a new creation. Right. Some of those truths that God says about us. You can't be thinking those things and think that you're not good enough and always going to fail at the same time. I just think there, there's so much power in, and there's God's truth with it. And I think if I can sense any theme from what you're saying, it's really been that, you know, how we view, how we talk to ourselves is really rooted in this concept of depression and really has the potential to just take away and rob our joy um, and how we experience life. Mm -hmm. um, but thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. I uh, love your expertise, love your wisdom, um, and love your perspective. Thanks, right. man. Appreciate it, John. Well, that was my conversation with Mike, and I think he had one line that really hits home for me, uh, well, along as many others as well, but one that really sticks with me is that sometimes we talk to ourselves worse than we would talk to anyone else. Now, that's a really great reminder that how we view and think about ourselves is important for our mental health. We are loved and valued by God, and if that's not hopeful, then I don't know what it is. Now, I also really want to encourage anyone who's listening to this that's struggling with some of the feelings that Mike was talking about, about not having joy and things like that, to go talk to a counselor. It's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of courage and strength. Thanks for listening to this week's episode, and be sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations.